As we begin our study today, Pastor David will teach us why it's so important to study these things and then answer a question that came in. Please get out your Bible, and here's Pastor David. We study these things so that you're prepared to deal with those who more and more, as we near the time when Jesus Christ is coming back, want to convince you to give up following Christ and to instead follow their philosophies and their empty deceit. And people want to do it, and so they gather around themselves teachers that will scratch their itching ears and tell them what they want to hear so they can feel like they're a good person by putting labels on themselves like Christian, progressive Christian, while completely rebelling against what God has called them to do and who he is and lying about who he is and acting like that's a superior way to think. I don't want you caught up in that. I don't want me caught up in that. So we prepare ourselves because we're soldiers. That's who we are. We're a fighting religion. Okay, we, We're fighting against false ideas, against principalities and powers and ideas and philosophies that set themselves up against the things of God and the things of the Scripture. That's what we do. So I'm trying to prepare you as warriors to defend yourselves, to defend your children, to defend your brothers and your sisters, your family and your friends and your neighbors. That when falsehood comes up, you know exactly what to say in love, seasoned with salt, so you can defy the lies. That's what we're trying to prepare you for. Don't be convinced by their words or by their popularity. This is more and more. Those who are popular have become deconstructed progressive Christians. It's easier, and it'll make you more popular with the world. But if you love the things of the world, you don't love the things of God. Don't be convinced by their words, their popularity, or the claim that you'd be more loving and nice if you just rejected the Bible and thought like them. All of this is unloving. And we're going to talk more about that, Lord willing, in our next sermon. It's unkind and it's unholy. It's not pure. You've been called into the real adventure of serving the King of Kings. That's a real adventure. It means that you're going to come up against it. Christianity has always thrived when it's been at the margins. Christianity is not going to thrive when it's the popular thing, when it becomes the world. That doesn't happen until Christ comes, brings judgment, the day of the Lord, which is a very terrible thing for the world, and then makes all things new. That's when the world and the way are the same because Christ is ruling. Until then, we're at the margins, speaking truth against lies and trying to see people through the power of the Holy Spirit come to know Christ and go out of the world and into the kingdom of God. We're living that kingdom life. That's who we're called to be. We cannot trade biblical scriptural truth for nonsense, empty deceit philosophies and expect that we're going to be good with God. Can't happen. You're not going to look like the world. You're not going to get along with those in the world when it comes to these things. You will not share their philosophies. You're children of God, saved and redeemed. Why would you look like the world, which the devil is working in and doing all kinds of stuff? You would not. Listen, this is important. We're not going to all get along. Okay? We're not. We want to live at peace as much as it's up to us. We want to live at peace with people, but we're not going to get along in what we believe. We're not going to get along in what we believe. I can love you, and I can care about you so much and not get along with you in what you believe. 
That's the truth. In fact, it is because I love you. This is so important. It is because I love you. It is because I love people. That I disagree. That is the reason that I disagree and tell you about it and don't get along with you in certain areas because the philosophies that people believe, especially in this area of the country, are false. I disagree with them for a couple of reasons. First, because I want to love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he has told me what truth is, and he has given me his holy word, the scriptures, and I will not compromise that because I love him and my first duty is to him. Second, I am called to love my neighbor as myself. And that means I'm going to tell my neighbor the truth because it's not loving for me to lie to you or to allow you to persist in believing lies. Even if it makes you feel better when I do lie. You got to understand, this is not my buddy asking me, do I look fat in these skinny jeans? Okay? I can hold my tongue on that. I, don't, I never hold my tongue. I just tell him, yes. You look like an idiot. You know, that's just the way it is. You know? I mean, look, there are people who should not wear skinny You know what? Let's make it easy. No one should wear skinny jeans. I don't know where that came from, how that fag got started. No offense if you're wearing them. It's just not my thing. You know, this isn't about truth. This is just my own opinion, okay? Um, no, but if somebody, you know, the, the classic, like somebody asks them, you don't want to tell them because it might hurt their feelings. When it's an issue of, do I look heavy in this? Okay, you say, oh, I, I, I got to go do something. You know, whatever, you don't want to talk about it. That's fine, okay? But they're, we're not talking about that here. We're talking about people who believe they're just fine without being saved by God. We're talking about people who think they're just fine without the, the saving power of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and they think they're going to be fine. And they've convinced themselves that there's no hell, and they've convinced themselves of universalism, meaning we're all just going to go to heaven. They've convinced themselves of all these things, and they're the kind of falsehoods that are actually going to put them in hell. Not make them think they're thinner than they are, or whatever that's all about. Who cares? But when somebody has a lie that's at the core of what it means to be a human being, and you let them persist in it because of fear, because you just don't want to get into it right now, whatever it is, look, it's just not loving. I don't want to say anything. Well, I know you don't. None of us want to say anything. If you're the kind of person who really wants conflict, there's something wrong with you, okay? But there's a time and a place to lovingly, again, season with salt, in kindness, in gentleness, lovingly, but directly to speak the truth to lies. And that's what we as the elders want you to be prepared to do as the church. People who believe the Bible is not true or does not apply to them are in danger of destroying their lives, destroying other people's lives, and of destroying their eternity. People who think they can do anything they want with their body, as long as they call it love, are in danger. They're harming themselves, they're harming other people, and they're in a rebellion against God. People who think there's no hell, that there's no judgment, that there's no accountability, they're hurting themselves. They're in danger. If I do not speak the truth when these lies come up, if you do not speak the truth when these lies come up, we cannot say that we truly love someone. Let's read a little passage out of Ezekiel. We're going to get to the questions in a minute. we got a little time. I went longer than I thought. <laughs> what do you know? All right. Ezekiel 33, 1 through 6. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, When I bring the sword upon a land, and the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him their watchman, 
Okay, they put this guy up on the wall. He's got to watch out, right? You're in a city. It's got walls around it because you want to defend yourself. This person's watching out to see if anyone's coming to do harm, okay? When he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood will be on his own head, okay? You blow the trumpet, right? Guy hears it. He's like, ah, meh. Somebody comes in, chop, chop, he's dead. Not the watchman's problem, okay? Because he blew the horn. But, but he who takes warning will save his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. We need to be like the watchman on the wall. We know that judgment is coming for those who reject Jesus Christ. Okay, we know that. The scripture's clear about that. It could not be more clear. Read it. It's there over and over and over and over again. It's the warnings, the warnings, the warnings. God warned his people. He sent prophets. And you know what they did? They went, meh. Or they killed them. Same thing they did to Jesus. Same thing they might do to you. Yeah, that's an uncomfortable one. Jesus was clear that we will face persecution. I don't know what's going to happen in the next day, the next hour, certainly not in the next year or 10 years. Your life might be required for speaking the truth. Guess what? Still your call. Still your call because your life is in Christ. We have eternal life. For to me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. You know, I'm not saying run out there and get yourself killed. <laughs> You'd have to be really, you know, something has to go pretty wrong for that to happen here. But I'm just saying, we need to be ready to blow the trumpet of truth to a world that is lost. Yes, there will be those who go, meh. Yes, there will be those that argue with you. It's not really happening. It's not really coming. We're actually totally okay and we're all going to be okay. There's nothing you can do about what they believe. The Holy Spirit will work in their heart, but you've got to blow the trumpet. And I want you to be prepared to do that. That's why we study these things. It's not just about you. It's not just about you. It's about your children, your grandchildren, your brothers, your sisters, your aunts, your uncles, your family, your neighbors, your coworkers. It's about all these people that you are being built up to be the church, not just in here on a Sunday morning, but everywhere you go at all times with everything you do, with kindness and humility with gentleness, but with directness. We believe things that are true. You don't need to be embarrassed about that. You don't need to be ashamed of the truth. We have to be ready with the truth. We have to be aware of the lies that are spreading so we can answer them with the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ. All right. I'm going to answer some questions now. See if anybody's sent any in here. Check this little texty thing. Okay, universal Christ. That's a good question. Somebody's asking about the universal Christ, but that is going to take more time again than I have right now. Come on, somebody give me a quick one here. Okay, here, this is a good one. This, I can do this quickly. Uh, explain the difference between a Christian, someone who at some point in their life made a commitment to Christ, but maybe hasn't grown, and a Christ follower. How do either both of these match with he who has begun a good work in you? That's a great question. There is a big difference between a saved person only and a Christ follower. There are people who are saved, who have gotten saved, 
who for any number of reasons have, people use the words like backslidden or, you know, whatever it is, they, they aren't growing. They aren't living life in a particular way. A Christ follower is someone that you find in line behind. If you look at them and you see Jesus, they're in line. They're following Christ. They're doing the things he commanded. They're trying. doesn't mean that they're sinless, but it means that when they do sin, they repent, they move forward. Okay? That, that, that when you come to them with the scripture, they take it to heart. They don't go, meh. They don't argue with you. They say, yes, Jesus Christ, I'm following him. That's the most important thing. He's number one in my life. God is number one. That's what a Christ follower is. There can be people who are saved believers who are any different of several different levels of growth and maturity. Okay, Maybe they got saved, and there's a parable about this. We could get into that. Maybe they got saved, but not much has occurred with them since then. But the salvation was a real thing. They believed, they called on the name of the Lord, they were saved, but there's not much. The scripture tells us that when we face that bemacy, when we're done, I'm not talking about judgment for hell and heaven. I'm talking about saved people will go and we will go before the Lord for him to ask us a question. What have you done with what I gave you? Right? This is when we settle up accounts. Here's, here's your talents. Here's the money, the abilities, the things that you've had, and so on. Show me the fruitfulness of what you've had. And there will be some, we're told, who every work they have, it says that some things will be wood, hay, and stubble, worthless, they burn up. And some things will be gold, silver, precious stones. Those things will be our treasure. There will be some who everything they have burns up. They will be saved, it says, but as one through the flame. So think of a bird going through and the tail feathers are kind of burning. There's going to be some of those folks, right? They're coming in and there's just like smoke coming off the back. Woo! But they made it. And the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist, okay? So they're saved. They're saved. But they, but they were not a Christ follower in any sense that we can look at and say, yes, this looks like Christ following. A lot of us have people maybe in our families who are like that. We're, we're certain. As, as we can be. Of course, we only Christ knows. But as far as we can tell, they were really saved. But their life doesn't look anything like a Christ follower right now. Well, I was like that at one point in my life. Trust the Lord to be able to bring people back. Trust his grace, his mercy, and his patience. But there is a difference. There are people who I think are saved believers who I would not call Christ followers. I would not call them that. Um, there was a second part of that question, maybe I already... How does it match with who he has begun a good work in you? Well, here's how it matches. He who has begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Okay, that's the verse. And he will be. Your tail just might be on fire. You know, that work is an eternal work. It's not, it's not necessarily, well, it, it's not uh, right here on earth work. It, the completion of it can't come fully until the full redemption of ourselves. So he is working on it. And the truth is, here's the thing that we don't know. We don't know what God's doing in their life. You look at their life and you're like, man, they're struggling with this and they're struggling with that. And, you know, and we tend to have this sort of, and we're going to talk about this with white lies too, which is a judgmental personality called legalism, which some people suffer from. That's also a white lie. But we look at them and we're like, they're not a very good Christian. You know what's going on with them? You have no idea what God is doing in their heart. No idea. It's just like when people look at people and go, can you believe that person that goes to our church and they do this and that and whatever? And I go, did you know them three years ago? Because it was bad. This is great in comparison. You know, they got clothes on and everything. It's amazing. 
They're only half drunk in church. This is really, we should be celebrating. But honestly, you don't know where somebody's come from. You don't know what God is doing in their heart. Now, you do know people by their fruits at a certain level, but you've got to know a lot about a person to know that. So you don't know what God is doing. Y'all ever struggled? Yeah? Okay. He's still working. Still working if you're a Christ follower. And he will complete it. And we're, gonna, and we're hoping and praying that every day we're completing it because I'm already in eternity. I'm not thinking about I live, I die, eternal life. I'm already there. Yes, there will come a time when my physical body dies or gets raptured. I'd take the latter over the former, just the pain thing. I'm not into that as much. Okay? But there's going to come a time when I'm redeemed and fully made perfect in Christ. But I'm already there and here at the same time because we're eternal. Okay? That's how we live. All right. I wish I could have gotten more questions, but weirdly, I preached too long. And I know that's odd because I'm usually like 20 minutes, you know, introduction. Uh, anyway, all right. Love you guys. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I just want to thank you for your Holy Spirit that empowers us to be here, that empowers me to preach your word, Lord. Imperfectly, but I do love you. We're just unprofitable servants, Lord, but thank you, God, that we can be your servants. The important thing is to live for Jesus wherever we are or whatever we're doing. And if you need help with that in your own life or have questions about today's episode, call us at 360-885-9000 or send us an email. Use info at axchurchnw.org. We look forward to hearing from you, and we'd love to help you grow in Christ. Next time, we'll start to look at legalism, and I hope you'll join us for much more from Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate. <music>